Welcome back to another episode of Practical Parenting. This week, I sat down with Michael Baggett. Michael is the family life pastor of Mosaic Church in Las Vegas. We talked about how as children grow up, there's actually a window of time that we all have to help shape their worldview before it's too late and how it all rises and falls on us maintaining good rhythms. As always, thank you for tuning in to this important conversation. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. That way you don't miss each time a new episode releases. Well, all right. Thank you for joining us again on the Practical Parenting Podcast. Uh, this afternoon, we have Michael Baggett, um, who is the family pastor at... Uh, Michael, is it family pastor or next-gen pastor? I feel like those are synonymous in the church. Uh, I guess they're pretty close. I go with family. I think family life is my title. Family life. He's a family life pastor at Mosaic Church in sunny Las Vegas. Gosh. Yeah, it's a- it's great here. Uh, I hear you're not enjoying the the warm weather. No, we have a a low in the forties. Oh, uh, rub it in. Just rub 50s it in. Fifties or sixties today. <laughs> it should be great. Yeah, yeah. It's snowing outside where I'm at here in Michigan, and so great. Love it. Hey, I could drive to the mountains and get some snow, but uh, I'll pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Smart man. Well, dude, honestly, thank you for joining us. Uh, on this episode, our, this is our second episode, and so thank you for joining yeah. us. Yeah, thank so you. early in Seriously, doing thank this. Thank you for having me. This is uh, this is great. This is my first podcast, so I'm excited for it. Nice, thank you. I know the Lord's blessed you with wisdom, and so I appreciate you coming on the show, helping us, uh, helping parents look at discipling their children, hopefully in a more intentional and practical uh, way. And so, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. It's my pleasure. It is my passion is the next generation and just raising them up in the Lord and helping parents and equipping them to be able to do the same. Awesome. Well, man, so we've already told people that you are, um, you do family ministry. You do family ministry in Vegas. Um, I want to say of all places, but I don't want to stereotype Vegas, but you do family ministry. And so, man, just right. tell us a little bit about that journey of, of where God has has been moving you, what family ministry looks like for you, and, and kind of how the Holy Spirit is moving through you in that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, shortly after I came to Christ, I've always had a passion for young people. Um, I didn't know that I had a special gifting. Um, the church that I was baptized in, they came to me and they said, hey, you need to hold babies. And from then on, I've just been involved in young people, whether it's uh, babies, whether it's elementary school, middle school, high school, I've just been involved in that for about Mm -hmm. 15 years. And, uh, I love being a part of that, love being a a part of all the, the parenting and, and discipleship journey. And, um, uh, I came to Vegas because I was stationed here as a active duty army soldier. And, uh, it was during that time that God called me into full-time ministry. I chose to get out of the army and now I am serving as a pastor, a full-time pastor here at a church in Sin City, which is, uh, kind of, it's a tongue in cheek thing because it is literally, they call it the sin, the city of sin where people come to, to do all the things that God calls us not to do, but you Mm. still have to minister here. And that's such a unique, uh, unique thing. And it's a, a great wild ride. Good, good, good. So you're in it. They wanted you to hold babies. Yeah, yeah. That was such a weird thing. And and 
Do you know, I didn't know that this was a gift of mine, is that uh, if you have a crying baby, I just hold it. Oh, you're the whisperer. You're the baby whisperer. It is a a weird baby whispering thing. I had no idea. Uh, You have the anointing of holding babies. Which is such a weird, you know, that spiritual gift's not in any scripture I've ever read, but whatever. A a military (laughs) man with the gifting of holding babies. Yeah. Thank you for your service, brother. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so we're talking about, um, so two weeks ago, we had Joe on and, and we tried to just real quickly lay down this foundation of like, what is discipleship? And so what I'd like to do um, with you is kind of just pick up on that, on that, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, just on that road of like, so hopefully we were clear in that of like what discipleship is coming out of Matthew uh, 28, 20 of, you know where Christ said, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And so mm-hmm. no matter really where parents are at, I mean, we've got to find a way to do that. Like, how do we help our children um, understand the commands, right? Learn the commands, um, right. live the commands, and then hopefully be able to one day um, live them out in a way that they can teach others, right? Definitely. And and so parents are parents are a part of that. Uh, but what I'd love for you to to kind of speak to is um, the importance of parents being a part of that. Like, why is it so important that a parent should pick up the mantle of discipling their children? Yeah, I, that's a great question. And mm. honestly, uh, it requires a bit of a shift, right? Because I yeah. think a lot of people not only for their own discipleship, but for the discipleship of their kids. They're like, well, that's kind of what Sunday is for, is that I'm going to get my discipleship on Sundays and my kids will get everything they need on Sundays. Why do I need to do things throughout the week? Mm -hmm. And uh, the truth is that our God is not limited to just one day. Our God is not limited to a building. Our God is not limited to an hour and a half service where somebody else is teaching them. So uh, for us to put God in a box is an affront to God, right? So we need to expand God and allow God to be in parts of our life that in all parts of our life, right? Mm -hmm. So so that being said, uh, I think the parents have the most unique relationship with kids. Right, because parents are with their kids all the time. They have trust. They've built years and years of trust, and they know their kids. They know Mm -hmm. who they are. They know how they learn. They know what they listen to, what they won't listen to. And so that puts them in a really unique role to fulfill that great commission that Joe was talking about a couple weeks ago. So with that, parents have this incredibly privileged position. Uh, I like to think about, um, what is it, Psalm 127, that children are a a reward from God, right? Mm. So God gave these parents this gifting because he trusts them and because he wants this to be their role. And that is the calling that God is putting on all parents. So Absolutely. Every parent should have this intentional discipleship role in their kids' lives. No, that's good. So you don't hear that often. Well, no, I should say you don't hear it often. I think we, we, we always say, oh, you know, kids are a blessing. And it's like, well, you don't know my kids, but no. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> but at the end of the day, 
you're right. Like God has entrusted us with a gift and, and to, to entrust that gift. I think we wouldn't do that with, with many other things, right. To entrust such a valuable gift, um, to be steward and cultivated, grown, uh, to someone else. I don't think we would do that with, with, with many other things. And so, right. oh, wow, I hadn't really I thought about that, but I hadn't thought about that in a while. So no, I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, also, yeah, definitely. I was reading this statistic the other day uh, and it's an old statistic, but it, it still holds true that, that, um, you know, 85, somewhat like 85% of Christians say they became a Christian uh, around the ages of like four to 14. Right. Mm. And so you think about how many Christians in all of our churches, how many Christians uh, throughout the country uh, to think that 85 percent of those people became um, Christians, put their trust and hope in the Lord um, and started this faith journey uh, from the ages of four to 14. To me, I'm just like, wow, because from four to 14, you're still under the authority and stewardship of your parents. Right. That's true. And so. That's wow. That's big. Yeah, I think that that's huge, and it speaks a lot to uh, families and how they're pouring into their kids. Mm-hmm. But it also says a lot about uh, the foundation that they're laying, right? Right. So, right. Um, you and I have talked about this before about how many how many people are choosing to leave the church after that, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, what is mm-hmm. that saying? Right. Yeah. So it's like, hey, you're coming to Christ between four and 14. That's great. Right. But then you're leaving everything you believe behind because of what? Right. What right. happened in there? You have to ask those questions. So um, I had uh, I, I had heard this uh, a while ago and uh, that basically at the, as early as the age of two, your children start developing a worldview. Right. They start shaping their worldview. Right. And by nine years old, they have a moral worldview. Right. All but what what's right, what's wrong. By nine years old, they've already figured out the right and the wrong of the world. And by 11 years old, their entire worldview is all but cemented. Right. And, And what that means for us is that, like, except for some paradigm shift, we can't really shape anything there. Yeah. And that's a tough place because once you get to that 9-11, and obviously Jesus is a dramatic paradigm shift. So Jesus right, can change right. anything. You know, he, he will do his work regardless of what, what we want to do. But uh, but this this shift, the, this worldview can be shaped up till age 11. You can yeah. lay a yeah, solid yeah. foundation heading into those years where it's like, Okay, well now we're le- leading into the early adolescence, pre-teenage years, or teenage mm-hmm. years, and we now we're entering those into where you have a biblical worldview, and now it's like I'm facing all the problems of middle school, which are the worst years, right? Yeah. Middle yeah, school, yeah. high school, awful years for anybody. This is not just they're not bad for parents, they're not just bad for parents, they're bad for mm-hmm. the kids too. Mm-hmm. So so but we're entering those with a biblical worldview. And now we're like, well, how can Jesus help me get through this? How can this help me get through this? And that, yeah. that's a big shift from, well, how do I get through this and forget about Jesus? Right. right. Yeah, yeah. So in, in my mind, it's just kind of racing because you think about, okay, you know, 
if if a child is so formidable, like if if you can really speak into their lives and it feels like those words are highlighted more so during that time, they also have a limited amount of input um, or rather there is a limited amount of people speaking into their lives, right? You've got maybe a coach, you've got That's siblings, true. right? You've got maybe yeah. some extended family and a teacher, but it's like beyond that, it's the parent during those times. That is true. Yeah. yeah oh, up to definitely. 11. And, and of those, like of those, the parent gets most of that, they right? Because yep. so maybe you have a teacher and they're there for a year. Well, the next year they're on to a different teacher or if they're mm-hmm. in middle school, we're talking about six different teachers, high yeah. schools, you know? So we're talking about very few people have this much time and maybe you have a good friend or whatever, but the parent is getting the bulk of that. We're yeah. talking about like, you know, if I'm generous, I'll give you seven hours a day that a parent has with their kid, right? Seven hours a day where you can talk to your kids. Nobody's getting that time. No, nobody no. else gets that much time. And they, so, so with that, the question is, what are parents doing with that? Yeah. Yep. That's what what are they say doing too. Yep. with that time? So, so we can do a lot of things. <clears throat> uh, and this is going to, we'll talk more about this soon, but it, it comes down to like, where are your priorities? Like what's yeah. your number one priority? Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think that that really shapes how you interact with your kids. Yeah. And, and, and not that I want to go down this rabbit hole, but it, you know, I haven't really even thought about that in in those terms. You know what I mean? Oftentimes we think about, you know, with um, I think growing young and and Carapal and some of these other people, like they, you know, the Fuller Institute, they put out some things where they were saying like you have X amount of weeks with your kids, right? It's that classic. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that the black yeah, marbles yeah. and you take one out each week, and but even totally. in that, that that kind of keeps it in perspective. But it's such a big perspective. When you narrow yeah. it down to per day, seven hours, right? Um, I feel like that makes it real. And then you think to yourself, okay, and, and I let my child look at a screen for four of those. And I'm never going right. to get those, those hours back. I mean, that's true. Wow. That's, huh. That's totally true. That's it. And that's I a, mean, and so it's not even like I, I let my child look at the screen. Maybe I was looking at the screen. Mm, yep. Right. Maybe no, I was real. doing, right? Like, what was I doing? And I'm not saying that, like, I really don't believe that you have to spend every seven, all seven hours devoted to reading scripture. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that, like, what are your priorities? Mm -hmm. You know? No, that's good. That's good. Um, Would you speak to this? Like, like I I have heard this over the years so many times, uh, being in the ministry where a parent... When you're trying to say, hey, parents, like, like you, like from you can do this to, man, you are in the best position to do this, et cetera, et cetera. Even to like when they come, when parents come to you and they just ask you questions and then you you dialogue with them and then you try to reaffirm them to say, hey, you, you didn't need to come talk to me about this. Like, you know, scripture, like you, you, you know, what's best right. for your child. I, I feel like the, the answer is often, yeah, but but you're the pastor. Like, yeah, but you went to right. school or yeah, but you. Yeah. And so, um, you know, are parents really the best person to be discipling their children? So that, I mean, that's a great question. I, I know 
I came to Christ shortly after the time that I was going to be a dad. I found out that I was going to be a dad. And uh, so my girlfriend was pregnant and I came to Christ. So then like I'm a brand new baby Christian and I have a brand new baby. And I'm like, what Mm. am I supposed to do here? Like, I have no idea. Like I'm Mm. barely, I don't even know how to teach myself how to be a Christian. How do I teach somebody else how to be a Christian? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that is the struggle. That's the real struggle. And I think mm-hmm. that that's, that's great to partner with, with uh, parents uh, to figure out how it is. You partner with the parents to figure out or partner with pastors, parents partner with pastors so yeah. that the pastor can help you on your journey. But okay. as, as parents, we just have this, this, this role in our kid's life that nobody else will ever have and and the truth is we have this responsibility and i know even i i know not only from personal experience but i know plenty of parents who have had wayward children where their children are just like yeah i'm not really doing that i'm not about that life and and it's heartbreaking yeah because when i think about whether or not i'm you know, when I go to heaven, am I going to see my children there? Mm. And the thought of them not being there is the most painful thing. If there's yeah. anybody in my life that I want to be in heaven with me, it's my children. So I carry this this weight that I want this there. And understanding the 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 position of trust that I have with my kids, I I should feel a responsibility there. And because of my relationship there and how much time I have, how much trust, I can, I should understand that and not let it go. Right. And I, I like to think about it as like, hey, no matter what, I'm already teaching my kids. I, I'm teaching That's my good. kids yeah. one way or the other, right? I'm teaching my kids how to argue with my wife. I am teaching my kids what shows I think are appropriate. Mm. I'm, I'm yep. teaching my kids the way that I talk about people behind their backs. I'm teaching these kids. And these are not intentional things. These are things that I'm teaching them because they're around me. Yeah, because soaking it up. Right, exactly. When I'm driving and somebody cuts me off, I assure you, if I say a bad word, they will pick that up, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so they're just picking this stuff up. And they're picking up a lot of stuff too, right? From the world around them. Now, for me personally, I live in Las Vegas. I see a lot of billboards. I see a lot of other things, but I don't think Vegas is that unique in that. I think all of America has this like media everywhere, the movies, the TV show, the music, right? All of it is just pouring into kids and they're pulling, the world is pulling our kids to be with them, to be a Mm -hmm. part of them. And our kids want that. So it's up to parents in this unique position to be able to establish these this, mm-hmm. these guardrails and to keep our kids. And, it, and I think you mentioned this verse a couple of weeks ago <laughs> is you train your kids up on the way they should go and they will not depart right. from it, right? right. Proverbs. So we talk about that and, and we're mm-hmm. called to do it. So that's just what we do. Yeah. Yeah. So Michael, would you say that there, um, is there a structure, 
like how how does this look? How should this look? Is there a structure and a system that as a parent I should be I should be striving for, right? Because because like because you're right, they're, they're sponges, man, and they're picking things up. I think as parents, right. we can't always just be on on guard. I mean, hopefully, um, my mom used to say, um, and, and you know, I'm sure parents have said this before to their kids. I pray I never say it, but I probably will. That um, you know, you do as I say, not as I do. Right? Oh man, I, I was know. just gonna say that. Yeah, my yeah, mom yeah. used to say that to me. My all mom the used time. to always say that: do as I say, yeah. not as I do, because. I think it's because she realized, like, man, you guys, yeah. you're, you're, you're picking this up, right? You're picking right. this up. Right. And and the thing is that when your mom said that and uh-huh. you were six years old, you accepted it, right? Yeah. When oh, yeah. you were 16 years old, you were like, this is just baloney, right? It's hypocrisy. This yeah, that, that's kind of the yep. – Right? So – so there is there is a bit of that, and uh, but I will say that uh, I wish there was a right way. Uh, if mm-hmm. there was some parenting plan that somebody had written that was a hundred percent effectual, I would be on it and I would endorse it. And uh, yeah. but there's not, unfortunately. And and God made us all different, and God made us all uh, unique, and we have different personalities and different learning styles and different everything, mm-hmm. and. So when our families come together, we need to have a unique discipleship plan for our family. Yeah. So we need to figure out what the right way is for our family, for our context. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think most of this is going to depend upon your daily rhythm. And uh, I know I mentioned it earlier. We we're talking about priorities. Okay. So okay. the question is, what what are your priorities? Because I with with your priorities as a parent whatever your priorities are will become your kids priority right and unfortunately even in my church and in a lot of things it's like is it sports is it school is it Mm. social stuff is it my job is it what is it family what is number one you know and the question is like like if i'm going to church once every six weeks is that a priority my kids might i might tell my kids hey we go to church because we're christian but i'm gonna but if i'm if i slept in and i miss church then is it a priority yeah your actions say something different so this that's not do as i say is not not as i do thing Mm because when i'm six sure i believe you but when i'm 16 i don't believe you 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 sleep in during church i promise you i will too when it comes to college i'll sleep in too Mm. and so so the question is like when our rhythm comes about like when we're developing our family rhythm well what's more important i know on wednesday nights and tuesday nights throughout the the country most people are youth group people right so is youth group a priority Mm. i know at this church in particular, at our church, we lose a good portion of our, our people depending upon what sports season it is. They're going to volleyball. They're going to football. They're going yeah. to baseball, whatever, because that's the priority for their church, right? And if that's the case or for their home, if if sports are the priority, then they'll understand God is not the priority. Mm. So um, I like to look at uh, – 
Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, when it comes to developing your system. Okay, so uh, you just give me a second. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. This is the greatest mm-hmm. commandment. Jesus quotes this. This is a big deal. Okay, so these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them onto your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as Mm. symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. This is not talking about a Sunday experience with God. This is talking about a daily walk with God. When your conversations are happening, this and I want to focus on this. It says, as you go. This is what you do. You're going to be on the move. Mm-hmm. When you're driving in the car, as you are going, have a conversation about God. Yeah. Right? Have a conversation about how God is working in their lives. Right? When, as you're going to sports, hey, nothing wrong with going to sports, but as you go to sports, talk about God. Right? How, how yeah. are we glorifying God as we play baseball? How are we glorifying God? as we get A's at school. How are we glorifying God when we're doing chores at home, mm-hmm. right? We can have these conversations about being intentional and, and incorporating all that God is doing and all that God says and all that God teaches, right? Like, like two weeks ago when Joe was talking, knowing that, <clears throat> knowing what God commands us and teaching that. To our right, kids, right in our own discipleship as we go. So yeah. this is just this isn't talking about like, well, where can I fit God in? It's weaving God into everything we do, mm. right? As I'm cooking my meal, am I saying thank you, God, for this? Is the only time I'm praying at meals? Yeah, right. These are big, hard, hard things, and those, and honestly, that's a that's a, a much easier switch to just acknowledge God's presence all the time. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love that tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. It's like, Hey, if you, I don't know if you've ever seen people who like you tie the, the, the string on your finger, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, don't forget this. This yep. like, that's an old school thing. That probably dates me. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. But, uh, but that's what it's talking about is like, how can you give yourself a reminder to talk about God? I don't know what that is. Maybe it's a set an alarm on your phone. Maybe it's a wear, wear scripture on your shirt. I don't, I don't know what that is. I, I, yeah. I don't, but, yeah, yeah. but whatever it is for you, figure it out and work God into your rhythm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not intentionally doing it, then you won't do it. Right. So uh, I ultimately I have <clears throat> for this question, I, I feel like when it comes to your system, there are three big things. Number okay. one, we we talked about it, I think, is you just got to model it. Right. What does discipleship look like? Because they're picking up a lot from you. They're picking up the words mm-hmm. you say. They're picking up how mm-hmm. you fight. I know when I do marital premarital counseling, I always, always ask, how did your parents fight? Because they know it, they see it, yeah, right? So, big. so, mm-hmm. so, what we're doing, the way that I'm 
discipling is just by osmosis. You watch me and try and follow what I do. And when I mess up, I need to tell you, right? So there's a bit of that, right? But but that is, so first of all, you just got to model your own discipleship. So do your kids walk in on you reading the Bible? Have your kids ever seen you praying without them? Those are the things that kids pick up. That's so good. Because yep. Because if they're not, if they've never seen these things, they're never going to do those things, right? You're never going to walk in yeah. on your kid praying if they've never walked in on you praying. Because they've they've never they've never seen you model the importance of it. Exactly. That's good. Exactly. Yeah. See, so if you want to make disciples, you have to model what discipleship looks like. And if you're still working that out, then work that out and do your best, right? Yeah. The, the second thing is to develop an intentional rhythm. Rhythms do not happen. Uh, a discipleship rhythm does not happen by accident, right? If you are not intentional about your discipleship, time slips away. It's magical, it does, yeah. right? It's just gone. If you don't intentionally plan your time, it's just going to slip away. I don't know if you've ever been on Instagram and you're just scroll, scrolling on Instagram and you're like, all right, five minutes. And then you look at the clock and it's three hours later. I'm like, what yeah. happened? Yeah, Why? Why did that happen? Because I let it happen. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I'm not developing an intentional rhythm, well, I just lost whatever time I wasn't intentional with. Yeah. So, and the last thing I have is, uh, is to have the hard conversations. So, uh, I think often we as parents want to be liked. We want to be cool. We want to be our kids' friends. And I do not think God has called us that to be that. Yeah. Uh, I think that it's up to us to to set up boundaries and to have hard conversations. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to constantly be yelling. Not every conversation should be a hard conversation. Mm-hmm. But we can't avoid those hard conversations. Like when my kid steals something that is a really tough conversation that i get to have about why this is wrong right i i get to have tough conversations about why like when my child lies those are hard conversations and uh if i avoid those hard conversations then it's like oh well it's acceptable uh so in the army we have uh we have huge list of regulations tons of regulations of things you're allowed to do things you're not allowed to do and the there's a saying that we say when i was a private uh we used to say this is uh whatever they let me get away with is the standard yeah that's the truth because you if nobody enforces any standard then there is no standard that's good so whatever's going on in your home, whatever you're allowing to happen, whatever those hard conversations, if we're not having those hard conversations, then that's the standard. Mm-hmm. If you let me lie, that's the standard. If you let me steal, if you let me hurt people, if you let me talk about, you, you let me gossip, that's the standard. That's the standard, yeah. So we have to have those hard conversations. And incorporating nice. God into our rhythms. Nice. So let's recap that. I so I appreciate you um, completely dodging the word structure and system. 
because <laughs> right that's just not a good question i did so i did i'm sorry you did and i appreciate that <laughs> i i think it, it the way you laid it out makes more sense and i think it's it's more parents can receive that that mm. it's um and you correct me if i'm wrong but it's you know i what i was hearing is one be consistent like be consistent tr- with totally with consistent. who god is in your life yeah you know, I think so many parents, um, we we turn God on and off, or we send the mm. message to our kids that we can turn God on and off. We turn him on on Sunday mornings, but um, you know, on Wednesday nights you have sports, so let's just turn him off. Or you've got this prior other priority, so let's turn God off. Or or you know, I mean, we don't have time for God here. Let's turn God off. So so one, it's like be consistent. And it's easy to do when you just weave God through your entire life. That's not to say you can't. I appreciate you saying this, too. It's not that you can't do sports, right? We're not going to vilify. We're not demonizing sports. No, no. But there's nothing wrong with on the car ride. There's nothing wrong with thanking God for wins. All these things like you're weaving God into and you're being consistent with a Christian life, right? Number one. Totally. Um, Number two. Uh, and I'm going off memory here, so you know my age. It, so uh, it's intentional rhythm. So yep, develop it's having that. rhythms. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, having developing rhythms because, um, yeah, if I remember correctly, like rhythms don't happen just on their yeah. own. You right, know what I mean? Right. I wish they did. I wish I just woke up and loved to exercise and losing all this. Yeah, time. right. It doesn't work that way. Right. Like you got to be intentional. The same is true about developing a mature relationship, growing relationship with the Lord. You've got to be consistent. Um, And then your third one. Uh, So it was model discipleship, intentional rhythm and have hard conversations, have hard conversations, which you're right. A lot of parents want to be their kid's friend. Um, Yeah. Well, let me take that back. I want to be my kid's friend, too. I don't see I don't I didn't hear you saying that. That's necessarily wrong, but that's it, it's wrong if it's your goal, right? Right. Like you should be. I, I hope my right. kid. I don't know if they view me as a friend, you. but I hope we are. Yeah, he likes me, right? I hope right. that he or she you likes me, right? Right. But the goal is not to be their homie. The goal totally. is to be their parent and raise them in the way right. that they should go. And yeah, and I good. think I well, think there is a stage of life when you transition into friendship when the kid is more the older they are you you start to uh once they have their own family right they separate from your household and then you speak into them as a wise friend uh less than uh hey i'm telling you what to do right right right. good so last question here um i don't want to hold you up uh if you could say one thing to a parent right to both either motivate them or encourage them um to pick up, live in, maybe even make a hard turn and pick up one of these mm. things that you've said here today? Like, what would you say? How would you say it? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want you to, I, I'm certain there are some people listening to this that are uh, struggling, beating themselves up. The, and all you can think about when you hear this podcast is everything that you're doing wrong. And I want you mm. to know that that's not 100% true. And the, it, yeah thank you for saying we're harder we're harder on ourselves than anybody ever could be and a lot Mm -hmm. of times it's easy to only see your flaws uh sure we do have all of us have work to do we could all Mm -hmm. do better 
but just because you're not doing everything you want to be doing does not mean you are failing. And that being right. said, there are plenty of examples in the Bible of godly men and women who have done, uh, like David, for example, who was a man after God's own heart, but mm. still had his own family, his own children, come up and be awful examples of of a disciple. So, mm. so you you are not completely failing and yeah. your children are going to be their own human beings. So, but that being said, how can we be intentional this week? So the question is what part of your life is God completely absent, right? Yeah. Where, where, where is it in your life? What part of your life is it? Is it scrolling through your phone? Is it driving down the road? Is it mm -hmm. when you drop your kids off and you just forget about it? And those are the things. So find that place in your life, and invite God in. Yeah. Invite God in and say, "Hey, God, this part of this part of your my life is yours. It's all mm -hmm. yours. And help me, help." And so prayer through this. Pray with okay. your family. Pray with your kids uh and and to be more intentional start developing those rhythms and maybe it's setting alarms in your phone maybe it's putting a sign on your wall putting a sticky note on your computer uh put limitations on your phone usage i don't know what it is for you but find what that is yeah. and take one small step and then maybe maybe that small step becomes easy becomes part of your rhythm mm -hmm. and then next week next month i don't know what it is but take those baby steps and eventually you're going to notice you look back and you're like wow my life is totally different my kids yeah yeah know jesus a lot more and, mm -hmm. and yes the lord will be through it nice well, man thank you for thank you for that wisdom i mean that's just that's yeah, gold, thank you for having me, No, it's my pleasure. I love it. This is a this is a good time. I love I love talking about discipleship for kids, and I yeah, I, I, I can't, can't wait it. for this next generation to just come up and glorify God throughout the world. Nice. Well, thank you guys for joining us on Practical Parenting, and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks.